In previous episodes of Propaganda Universe, we've discussed the difficulty in defining propaganda and why it is a perplexing paradigm. It had become ritualistic to begin an attempt at a definition with a statement recognizing just how difficult it is to do so. One notable social psychologist stated that the definition of propaganda had acquired almost as many connotations as there are authors who have dared formulate definitions. Another prominent scholar referred to propaganda as an elusive phenomenon and wrote that the abundance of definitions was widely different and often antagonistic and when placed under the scrutiny of logical criticism were altogether unsatisfactory. More recently, Paul Baines and Nicholas O'Shaughnessy noted the considerable definitional fog surrounding propaganda and asserted that it is not well defined and often misunderstood. Because of this definitional fog, propaganda remains a vague concept that is applied in ways that suits the user of the term, which, in most cases, is to cast an opponent's communication in a negative frame. Most importantly, however, lacking a clear and a functional definition of propaganda complicates its study and prevents us from having a clear understanding as to how it works. If, on the other hand, we have an unambiguous understanding of what propaganda is, we can then mitigate its negative consequences, both as individuals and as a society. So join me now in this episode of Propaganda Universe, where we will fix a definition of propaganda that cuts through its definitional fog. Before getting started on a definition for propaganda, it is first necessary to discuss the methodology used to create one. As a general approach to a definition, we take a functionalist ontological perspective. Taking a functional perspective is appropriate as phenomena such as propaganda exist as a social institution with a specific role or purpose. A functional definition also contributes to the study of the concept being defined. Attributes contained within the definition signpost a field of study wherein related theories might be available for its study. As well, unambiguous attributes lend themselves to being capable of measurement for empirical observation. Ontology used in this context, is taken to mean what something is and how it is classified. In this regard, the classical standards of a definition established by Aristotle are used. According to Aristotle, a definition specifies the fundamental attributes that constitute the necessary and sufficient conditions that make the concept unique. Based on this criteria, we will now proceed with constructing a definition for propaganda. 
In previous episodes of Propaganda Channel, we drew several attributes from the literature on propaganda that describe what we mean by the term. Among several attributes, the most fundamental were communication, power, intentionality, action or non-action, and a user. Let's review these attributes. Communication. If we take communication in a human context to be the sharing of meaning through the exchange of information, propaganda achieves its purpose through an act of communication. Therefore, it is first and foremost a form of communication. This makes it distinct from the use of coercion or force as a tool to exercise power. Inclusion of this attribute in the definition also serves to signpost the field of study where propaganda is located in, which is communication studies. Power. Propaganda is used to create and maintain asymmetric relationships to gain a greater capacity of influence by one actor over another to the extent that the subject acts in compliance with the aims of the propagandist. This is to say that it is an attempt to exercise power over others through the use of communication. Intentionality. This refers to the purposeful, deliberate aspect of propaganda. There is awareness, design, and premeditation involved in achieving specific ends. Propaganda is decidedly not an inadvertent byproduct of human discourse. The idea of intentionality was illustrated by Edgar Henderson when he stated that there are unwitting instruments of propaganda, but there is no unintentional propagandist. Action. Rather than just the manipulation of cognitive states, the ultimate goal of propaganda is to produce either an action or non-action, affecting attitudes, psychology, perceptions, and cognitive processes are the means used to achieve the ends of an action or non-action. The desired action serves to benefit the user of propaganda. The user. An organizational entity or social group makes a deliberate decision to use propaganda to achieve its goals. This entity may or may not be actually producing and disseminating propaganda, but could be outsourcing this to other entities that possess the requisite expertise such as public relation firms, advertising and marketing companies, political communication operatives, or other private propaganda enterprises. A functional, unambiguous definition. Combined in narrative form, the definition of propaganda reads, an intentional attempt to exercise power through an act of communication to produce an action or non-action that benefits the user. I'd like to highlight the fact that this definition marks a departure 
from previous definitions. In most of the previous attempts at defining propaganda, the notion that propaganda is a form of communication is absent. This is such a fundamental attribute that propaganda cannot be understood at all if it is not first recognized as being a type of communication. Power is another necessary attribute which is not contained in other definitions. While some definitions use a synonymous term, control, it is important that power is explicitly associated with propaganda. Failure to recognize a role propaganda has in creating and maintaining power relations is an omission that ignores the reason for its existence. Another point of departure in this definition is the inclusion of producing in action or non-action. Most other definitions focus on the manipulation of cognitive states. However, it must always be kept in mind that the ultimate aim of propaganda is to achieve an action. Manipulating cognitive states is just a means to this end. A final point is that, closely associated with intentionality, is the fact that propaganda serves a purpose of its user. In order for a propaganda to exist, some entity, a user, must make a deliberate decision that the use of propaganda is necessary to achieve its objectives. Taken as a whole, inclusion of these fundamental attributes in the definition satisfies the necessary and sufficient conditions that make propaganda a distinct concept. I'd like to point out that while we identified the fundamental attributes that define propaganda, there are other attributes associated with propaganda that need to be mentioned. These additional attributes are important towards the creation of a formal theory of propaganda, which is the topic of the next two episodes. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll join me in the next, where... As part one of a two-part series on the construction of a theory for propaganda, we will be discussing propaganda as a critical paradigm for the study of manipulative communication and why we need it. Please be sure to check out Propaganda Universe's channel on YouTube to view the video version of this podcast. If you find value in the content of Propaganda Universe, please share the podcast link. By sharing Propaganda Universe's podcast, you are making a valuable contribution towards helping your fellow citizens avoid the negative effects of manipulative communication and propaganda. Another way to contribute is to join Propaganda Universe's Patreon community of supporters or by making a contribution through PayPal. Links to Propaganda Universe's Patreon and PayPal page can be found on the podcast page in Buzzsprout or on the Propaganda Universe's website at propagandauniverse.net. That's propagandauniverse.net. Again, thank you so much for joining me in the Propaganda Universe. Mm-hmm.